0: we need a visitation of the Lord this morning. We need a visitation from heaven this morning. Uh, Anything can happen when he walks in. I believe he's in this house this morning to meet a need. He's here this morning. Stand with me all over the room this morning. We honor you and thank you for being here. We're particularly thankful this morning for our guest speaker that is here today. I mentioned last night that our paths have probably been very, very close throughout the years. As my ministry has developed, I have been around a lot of people that knew and have been even close with Brother T.L. Smith. But it was only a few months ago when Brother Smith Reached for a very close friend of mine, Pastor Brent Brosum in Joliet, Illinois, and we watched the service online. And matter of fact, a couple of services that we watched online. And as we were sitting in my living room and we were watching the service online, Dylan, and Kayla, and my wife were there, and maybe some others. And as the room cleared out, Dylan looked at me. And I looked at him and Dylan said to me, I, what do you think about this guy for the awakening? And I said, Dylan, you took the words that I was about to speak. And it just seemed like in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I called my friend Brent Brosom and said, what is the possibility that we may be able to get Brother Smith here? And he said, not very high because he doesn't preach out on Sundays because he pastors a church in southern Illinois. And I asked my friend, would you pray with me that if it is the will of God for him to come, that when I call him, that he will agree to come on this Sunday? Because I felt definitely he needed to be here today. This was the day that I felt. And I called Brother Smith. And when I called him, it was as if he was expecting my call. And he said, I'm supposed to be with you. I will be there. I believe we have the right man. At the right hour, God's making no mistakes. He knew you were going to be here today. It is an honor of mine to introduce an elder, a patriarch in the gospel. Would you make welcome Pastor T.L. Smith. Take your liberty. Preach to us. We love you already.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. You know, I uh, have been blessed by the Lord. I have been doing this some nearly 64 years in the month of May will be my 64th year of ministry. And uh, I've been blessed to travel across this land and across seas. I don't enjoy going overseas. That's not my ministry. I'm glad that I've gone, but I don't particularly ever want to go back because this is where I'm supposed to be. I preach in a lot of churches. I meet a lot of wonderful, wonderful men. And uh, every church that is a truth-preaching, truth-believing, Holy Ghost, blood-bought, Jesus' name, baptized, talking in tongues, church, I do feel the presence of God, and I feel an affinity that is there. But I have to say, this is one of only five churches that I have ever been in that I actually felt like I just, I'm at home. I just feel such a spirit here. And uh, it surprised me. It, it really did surprise me to feel that. Not because I thought you were a bunch of uh, no telling what, but it's just not something... It's just not something that I feel. And uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I was very close to the Simonson family uh, in Indianapolis. In fact, I was talking with a young man. I can call him young because uh, he may be old to y'all, but to me he's young. That said he was out of Calvary. And we were talking about it. And I remember preaching at the Bible church when it was larger than Calvary Tabernacle. Now That's been a long time. I remember when Brother Huckster was pastor at Calvary before Brother Urshan went there. And uh, uh, Tom Simonson was more than a friend. He was a brother. And last night when I come into this building and I met your pastor and I watched him in the pulpit and I listened to him, it was as though I felt the same connection with him that I've had all of the years of brother Tom Simonson's life it just fit together and uh, when brother Brosom first called me uh, I was not very encouraging to him I I love him, I appreciate him and I did miss a Sunday to preach a a special service for him but it's just something I don't do but uh, my intention was not to come here maybe on a an off night but not on Sunday and uh, I was in the office and I'm thinking okay God if this man calls me how do I let him down without offending him and the Lord said well you're not going to offend him and I said well that's good he said because you're going (laughs) so you know God acts like he knows what he's doing I don't know if you know that thank you thank you brother Kevin for being so kind thank you for brother Rick for for going and getting about forgot my belt this morning you know you can tell you're 39 when you start forgetting little things like but I'm not I'm not like your president at all no I've still got a little bit of my facility but uh, be that as it may and I don't know what you have come for many years in my earlier years of ministry and evangelism uh, I I preached. I was a hard preacher. I, I just got up there, and I, I don't do, uh, I, I do now, but back then I didn't do jumbo jet takeoffs. I did helicopter takeoffs, and uh, I would just go and go. And the Lord blessed me, and I, I preached a lot of places and preached a lot of camps and conferences and was on my way, I guess, to being known as a camp meeting conference speaker and the Lord spoke to me and he said to me I'm going to give you a choice. You can continue in the ministry that you have and I will bless it because you preach truth. You preach my word and I will use you or I will give you an opportunity to become a minister to my body and when you if you make that choice You will not be asked to preach conferences and camps because you won't be doing a lot of preaching, per se. You will be doing a lot of ministry. And I made the choice. I made the choice. And it's true. This is the first conference I've preached in I don't know how many years. So if you've come for preaching today, you're going to leave here saying, what in the world was wrong with pastor today? I will minister to you and to your needs. And I've already felt, and I know you're standing, but uh, maybe for just another minute, I, I know I already feel so many needs that are here in this place. I will tell you this. I will not minister to you unless, first of all, God says to So if you have any trepidation or fear that I'm going to overwhelm you, you you can forget that. Because I know immediately whether you want to be ministered to or not. See? And God's a gentleman. God is a gentleman. And he will not invade your privacy except by invitation. I just... Sometimes I do this. Sometimes sometimes I don't even read her scripture. I just start talking. But I, I am going to read this in, in Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With man, this is impossible. Everybody say impossible. What does that mean? can ain't happen. Not going to happen. Not going to take place. He said, but listen to this. With God, with God. You see, there's, there's a cut in there. It's with God. Some things, if you act right, if God wakes up on the right side of the bed, if you say pretty please with sugar on it, no, a very emphatic statement, but with God, all things are What Then what is left? What is left? Nothing, because all covers it up. Would you lift your hearts and your hands and let's give him another round of praise for he alone is worthy of it today. I love you, Lord. I praise you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise while you're being seated. For many years, I owned a a construction company called Star Age Construction. And uh, in the south region, we built all of the Holiday Inn Expresses that were built in our region. And uh, I'm not a carpenter, and I'm not a mechanic, and I don't know the ins and outs of all of that. I was just a man that put the deals together, owned the company, and financed and done all that other stuff. But I had an old man, and I got my wife said I got to quit saying that because she said i would become one. I said, No, you're wrong. I'm only thirty-nine. Because age is a number, and that's one that served me well for many years. me and he said, he said, you don't know anything about building, do you? I said, no, I don't. He said, it's strange you own this company. I said, well, uh, you want it? I'll sell it to you. You got the money, you know, you can have it. He said, well, I I don't understand. You don't own the company uh, or you don't know anything about the works of it, but you own the company. And I said, well, I, I guess the bottom line is, I'm the one that can get the financing. I'm the one that can make the deals. But I have to depend on you and men like you. And we had some women working for us, so equal rights, all that kind of stuff. And I have to depend on you to do it. And I got to thinking about that. And, and he said, Well, I'm going to tell you something. And so we, we developed a friendship. And. Uh, Come to find out he was a backslidden United Pentecostal Church preacher. You never know. There's people in this building that you're not members here, but you've got connections in your past to the root and source of all truth. And he said, "I'm he told me that a, a threefold brace, a triangle brace, Is the strongest of all braces because it comes in on its own self. And so it supports no matter what angle the pressure is on. It absorbs all of that. So I'm going to give you two triangle braces today that will help you. Now, if you're waiting, I may scream and holler. I may get red in the face. I may do a lot of things before it's over. But I got to talk to you because if I don't establish some perimeters here, some of you are just going to be saying, huh, what? I don't understand. I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to give you the first triangle, Brace, and it has three components, three components to it. And this, this is three steps to a miracle. Three steps. Oh, you expect me to get up here and do some convoluted something. No, it's so simple. You know what it is? It's as easy as falling off of a log. But have you ever tried to deliberately fall off of a log? Your body, your instincts will fight it. You'll do everything you can. to keep, When If you just go ahead and fall off, get wet, and then get up and go on again. But we fight it, and we fight miracles. Oh, no, I won't. no, you don't want your miracle. If you wanted your miracle, you'd have it, because God said, I give it to you. Oh, right. So the first component of this triangle brace for the three steps of the miracle is you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. Now, for all of you that are going to say, well, I just don't have any faith, you just called God a liar. Because he said twice in his word, I give you unto every man the measure of faith. Any of you cooks in here? You know, I've hunted for 55 years for something called scratch. Do any of you older ladies know? You know, because I want my wife to cook cakes from scratch. I want cornbread from scratch. And I have never yet to this day found any scratch in any store that I've ever been in. Right? You just learn it. You just know it. And you say, well, you know, my mama said a pinch here. A dash here. What's a pinch? If you got hands the size of ham hocks, a pinch is a pretty good. One. So God has given you not some faith. But God has given to every man the measure of faith. So every one of you sitting out there have the same measure of faith as do I. You don't increase your faith just like you can't get more of the Holy Ghost. We talk about it, but you can't get more. When the glass is full, it's full. When the vessel is full, it's full. You grow in intensity. In relationship, in understanding, in knowledge, and in grace, and so it is with faith. You don't have to have a whole lot of faith. You have to have the measure that God gives you, and then you've got to exercise it. Now, um, I'm in shape because round is the shape. It's not the shape I'm wanting, and I'm working on it, and I've lost twelve pounds and. Hopefully, by the help of the Lord, I'm going to lose another 25. But that was a day I was in shape. When I practiced the martial arts, I was in shape. I could stand and put my toe against your toe and almost my nose against your nose. And I could pick my foot up and I could slap you in the face with my foot. Now I can kick your ankles pretty good. (laughs) You want to know why? Because I'm not in shape. I haven't been exercised. I used to do a thousand crunches every morning, a thousand or a hundred push-ups. At night, I've done a thousand crunches and a hundred push-ups. I wouldn't get in this floor or in primacy and try to do one push-up now. I've let it go. I haven't exercised. And we haven't exercised our faith. Every one of you believe, but too many have their faith in doubt. It takes as much faith to doubt as it does to believe. It doesn't take any more faith to believe than it does to doubt. In fact, it takes just as much faith to doubt as it does to believe. So you waste your faith doubting. I'm going to take my faith and believe. You see the difference? So you've got to believe it. That's that's faith. And then the second component of this, right, and just, just give me a little chance and we'll see what God wants to do, is you've got to expect. You've got to expect. You've got to hope for. It. I've been asked the question. I've I prayed for thousands of people. I've done crusades across this land where there'd be ten thousand people, and it'd be over a thousand people coming for prayer. That doesn't glorify me. I am nothing. What I claim to be is a child of God. That's it. Period. He has blessed me with the gift of faith. That's that's all I know, and I'm going to walk in it. And I prayed for thousands of people, and. Thousands of people have been healed. But not everybody that I prayed for, as, we, as I teach under the anointing, have been healed. And on the other side of that, anyone I've ever prayed for under the unction has been healed. Never one time has it not happened when you've got the unction at one time. So I've been asked the question, are you surprised when God heals someone that you pray for? And I said, no, but I am surprised when I pray for someone in Jesus' name and they're not healed. You see the difference? I expect if I lay hands on you or if I speak the word to you, I expect you to be healed. But do you expect to believe? Do you expect? To receive? Do you expect? Do you have that hope that you will? And then, of course, the third component is you've simply got to accept it. That's to receive it. That's to experience it. Now, I, uh, I I'm just, I'm just an old country boy from Southwest Louisiana. I was raised so poor that uh, I remember the first time I saw a and when I saw a five dollar bill I thought it was all the money in the world I was raised in a house that didn't have electricity it didn't have running water oh I take that back we did have running water mom said run out to the well get a bucket of water we had no indoor plumbing we were so poor we couldn't pay attention but we didn't know it because everyone where we were were in the same situation. And God was good to me. I had my first angelic visitation when I was four years of age. We lived out in the country on the side of a dirt road. The cows and the horses and the goats and the sheep and everything else that run wild. I would stand on top of an old cross tie that was the corner post for a fence. I would face I would only there was only two vehicles that crossed that road in a day's time and that was from the dairy farm up the road. But I'd stand and face that road hoping that somebody would come and I'd preach. I'd preach for hours at four and five and six years of age. Now that didn't that didn't really start my ministry, but that was just that was just, you know, the prelude to it. And I learned something that God would do what he said he would do. If the biggest word in the English language only has two letters. I F if if you believe. So I'm gonna say this. I've got I've got a twenty dollar bill here. I remember when twenty dollars is a lot of money. Now to some kids it's still a lot of money, right? So I want to give this $20 away today. I'm going to give it away. It's $20. It's not a counterfeit. I didn't run it off on the printer. It's $20. And, Pastor, I want to give it away. I want someone in this audience to have this $20. I'm not going to make you jump up and down for it. I'm not going to make you perform trips. I just want to freely give this $20 away. I want someone to take it home today. You're illustrating exactly how we are with God and our needs. I'm going to say it again. I want to give this $20 away. Away, I want someone amazing. My God, have mercy. You're supposed to be an evangelist stirring people up, and it took what? How many minutes for you to get the connection? But God is telling us today, I want to heal your body. I want to save your soul. I want to give you liberty. I want to deliver you from your addiction. I want to bless you. He's saying it's for you today. And we're doing just like y'all did. Now, aren't you mad you didn't come up? Aren't you mad you didn't come up and get that $20? Some of y'all resent him for getting it. Well, he's the only one that got up and come got it. I made no I didn't put anything. I just said I want to give it to him. And he is saying today, I want to show you why I am God. And it does not matter. There are no big things with God. Well, let me go on. The second brace is that every promise that God has ever made or will ever make is conditional to three things, three components of this brace. You get these two things. It's faith. Faith, as I've said, is believing. Secondly is acceptance, which is receiving. And then the third is sacrifice, which is doing. You can tell me. Don't tell me how much you love God. Show me by the life you live. Don't tell me how much you believe God. You show me by your work was close to Brother T.W. Barnes and spent a lot of time with him and and he became, after my pastor died, he became my pastor and uh, he died, he died, 93, 94, I forget, what, he was just about three weeks short of his birthday and, and he died and my, my world just, just was not complete anymore, there was just something missing in my world and then Brother Tenny uh, stepped in and he and I Develop that relationship, but he had been dead three years, and every year at the time of his death, the Menden Church had a series of service, weeks-long services, commemorating the ministry of Brother Barnes, and I preached it every year, every year. But he had been dead three years, and I was in my office at the Church at Kinder, and it's upstairs and glass front, and I overlook the highway and the parking lot, and. And I was mad. No, I wasn't upset. No, I wasn't angry. I was just mad because someone had broken into our church and stole a bunch of stuff. And there was a young man in our church that used to play guitar for Keith Richardson. Uh, that's that. He's some big, big name rock star or somebody. I don't know. But his brother got in a bind and took some bad LSD, and it blew his mind. And they called me, and I went and prayed for his brother. And God restored his mind. They, they, they said he'd never be out of an institution. He couldn't talk. He couldn't feed himself. He couldn't do anything but one touch of God. Yeah. And when he got out of that facility, he came to an altar and he prayed through. And his brother saw it, and he come in and prayed through. Well, he had a Stratocaster Les Paul guitar worth. 60, 70,000 or more, whatever, collect one. And they stole And I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm not angry. I'm mad. And I'm sitting there filling out paperwork for the insurance. And I just, there's enough to make the preacher cuss. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know how you get to feeling somebody's looking at you. And I thought, oh, dear God. They've got back in this church. They've hid in my office, and they're going to knock me in the head. They're going to do this. And, that. and, And I'm, you know, you want to look up, you don't want to look, look up. And I finally looked up, and when I did, I became more frightened than I was when I thought it was just somebody there coming to knock me in. Because standing in front of my desk was T.W. Barnes. No, not a cloud, not an illusion. He had his dark suit on. He had his clip-on tie. He had his Mafia Don glasses. What do you do? What do you say? I'm going. I must have got some of that bad acid. I must not be on a trip. But he, long, tall, lanky, he threw that arm out and did that finger, and he said, "Boy, you've got to do more than tell them. You've got to show them." And he's like a physical blow. My chair rolled back. And the second time he said, boy, you've got to do more than tell them. You've got to show them. And it rolled me It's like a physical blow. rolled me back into the bookshelf that was behind me in the credenza here. And the third time he said it, and it knocked me on the floor. I do not know how long I was on the floor. All I know is that I wept and I cried. And I talked to God. And then when I got through, I called Brother Tenny, I said, Brother Tenny, and he could tell my voice was shaking. I was upset. I said, I don't know if I'm going crazy. I don't know if this is demonic. I don't know what it is. I need to see you. And he said, meet me at the cottage. I'll be there. I walked in, and he saw me. I was whiter than this shirt that I've got on. And I was shaking and trembling. And, and he set me at the table, and he said, Now, tell me what's going on. And I told him. And as only Brother Tenney can do, he reared back in his chair, and he twiddled his thumbs, and he, his lips are moving. And all of a sudden, he come down and said, I judge it to be of God. Begin to give me Scripture. I said, Do that. And, and so uh, he, he made me feel better. But then I said, Okay, Brother Tenney then what should I do? And he said, well, if it were me, I'd do what the man said to do. So I began a journey all of those years ago. I'm, I got up and told my church, I'm on a journey to know God like I've never known him. I want to see him in all of his power and majesty. And from that day to this day, I've majored more on showing than I have telling. Because I can tell you all day long about the Lord and his goodness. But it's just talk. Let me, I I, I see, I, I see things and. Some people say I'm crazy. And that's all right. I don't care. Now, I will tell you this. While I'm here ministering, I will minister to anyone. You do not have to wait until I call something out. You can come at any time, and I will minister to you. But do not stop me after I turn the service back to pastor. I will not pray for you because the unction will be gone. I can only operate. And I'll tell you this. If I say or do anything that contradicts what this man that is called your pastor says, and you ignore me because he is the man that leads you into eternity. And there is no man or woman, no matter how gifted they are, that can come into this assembly and give you direction contrary to your pastor. He's the shepherd. And you know what sheep say? Huh? Bye. Oh, no, they say, Pastor, I don't like that sermon. I don't like the direct. No, they just say bye. And they follow. They don't butt him and try to get him to go somewhere else. They just follow the shepherds. So you just be good sheep. And what you need to do is just say bye and come in and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, and worship and praise him. And you'll see his glory manifest. I see something a little crazy here. I see I see it out in this atmosphere; it's just kind of floating around. I used to I used to walk back in the audience and I'd lay my hand on someone's shoulder and I'd say, "This, this, and this. This is wrong with you. This is what you're struggling with." And I'd pray for them. And God says, "I don't want you doing that anymore." I, I still do it every once in a while because I like it. He just I like to wake people up, particularly when I see they're dozing in church. I just like to like to give them a shock, but. I said, well, why? He said, because that is the operation of your faith. And as long as you do it, they're just going to sit there like a baby bird and take in. But if you tell it, then their faith has to get up and come down. And that shows me they believe what you've said. So here's what I see now. I don't know what you're looking for. This is, I, I'm just me. This is all I do. I see... A skull, I see a human skull. No, it's not an ooky, spooky thing. It's it's face skull. But I see that, that the top of that skull has been taken off, the top of the skull. And I'm looking in on the brain. I'm seeing the brain. I'm, I'm seeing that here right now just as clearly as I see any of you. And I see that there is a nerve. And I, I, I'm I not a doctor. I don't know. I, need, I guess I need to get me a medical book so I can make sure I'm doing this right. But I see a nerve that, that comes and it runs across. It runs across. It, and it's kind of in a valley where the lobes of the brain are. It's kind of in there. And I, I'm seeing that every once in a while there is a tightening or swelling of those lobes. And it's putting pressure on that nerve that is there. And I feel extreme pain in my cheekbone, in my head. And now all of a sudden the lights have become too bright for me and they're hurting my eyes. And this sound that is coming is like a drum beating in my head. And I feel a migraine, a migraine that's so intense. I'd like to just go somewhere and cover my head and not talk to anybody or not see anyone. And you're sitting here. That's leaving me because I cannot handle that kind of and that's I wish God to do something else because I don't like feeling. I feel these things. And, And it's at bay now. But you struggle with these migraines. It's not just a little headache, it's a bad migraine. And you struggle with it. And most of the time the medicine that you take for it doesn't do you much good, just makes you sleep a little bit and makes you groggy. Now I'm here to tell. Oh, I'm not playing guessing games. There'll be somebody invariably after church say, "Well, you know, I got that problem, but I didn't know if he was talking to me." Well, dear God, have mercy! How much plainer can come here, sis? Is that you? Now, am I? I'm talking about light and sound, and you don't even want any, you don't even don't even want your husband talking to you. You want to be left alone. You want to cover your head, and you suffer with that, and it's not pleasant, is it? Now, can I ask you a question? If God is God enough to show me this, is he God enough to heal you? What do you say? My question again is: why would God show it to me if he didn't want to heal it? Yay. Yeah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against this affliction. I bind it. I cast it away from this body. I loose the palm of Gilead to work in her life. Let it be that from this very day forward, there shall be no more. I feel something. I feel a loosening in my head. I feel an easing. I know you, you believe what you want to believe. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Someone just asked this question of yourself. You just ask it in your mind. You said, "Well, it that." If you're so real, and you believe on yourself, why don't you call me out? You just ask that question. Well, consider yourself called out. I could come back and lay a hand on your shoulder, but I'm not going to because I'm not going to embarrass you. But this isn't isn't play. This isn't play. I, I know I have been pronounced dead. I have flatlined three times in my life. No, not, not emotional, penny calls saying I was gone. I, I have flatlined, connected. I I've, I've spent one night in the hospital, and that was in 1954. I was mad then, and I'm still mad about it. But I went in for just ordinary cataract surgery. And they had me hooked up, and it was after, and I flatlined. There was no brain. That's what's wrong with me. I had no brain activity. I had nothing, and had it not been for my little daughter, I might be in a grave today. So God didn't bring me back to life three times for me to play games with any of you. I don't have to play games with you. I don't have I don't have time to waste. You, you say I don't believe that kind of stuff. Well, that's your problem. You're using your faith to doubt what God can do. He's in this place today to work miracles. I'm telling you, I felt virtue. I've, is that that's your wife, isn't it? Was she exaggerating? It's bad, isn't it? I'm not talking about just, it's bad. But listen to me, sis. As you receive, open your hand. As you receive this, so shall it be that from this day forth, you will have no more of these episodes. And when the enemy tries to bring it back, and he will, you just simply say, no thanks. I don't want it anymore because he always comes back. I, I don't, Pastor, if this is not what you want, tell me. I'll try to ride the bicycle backwards if that's what it takes. I, I see a heart. Now, I can say somebody here got heart trouble all day, and out of a crowd this side, there's going to be 15, 20, or more that's got heart trouble. Okay? But let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Let me tell you what I'm seeing. I see a heart. No, not a valentine heart. I see the human heart. And I see it with its arteries and its veins. And I see a valve. And I see that valve in the heart that is supposed to open and close. When it closes, it's supposed to retain the blood, cause it to flow off into its designated area. But the problem is the valve in the heart is not seeding completely. It's not sealing. Therefore, it's just off-center a little bit, enough to let a little trickle of blood backflow through that. And there are times you stand up and you say, whoa, or you just feel something like an old sink without a drink. You know, just it's that sensation. And you feel faintified. I guess. Is that a word? We're going to say it's a word. You just feel like I could pass out. And you're, there are times your energy level just plummets to the bottom. And you just say, I, I just can't do anything. Now, uh, you may have gone and already had it checked out. You may even be on medication because that's usually how they start off. And then if it gets super bad, they will—they can go in there and replace it. And it's amazing how they get it. Or you can choose door number three. See, you have choices. You can believe God and be healed, or you can go to the doctor and get treated, or you can suffer, but if you choose the suffering door, we don't want to hear it. Don't tell us, because you have other choices. Now, you're here today, you may not even be aware of exactly, I just showed you, all I can do is tell you what I see, I can't, I can't. I can't, you know, this, it's just $20 off. You beg, and beg, please let God give you a miracle. Please, please, somebody, somebody. And you're going to sit there, and, and you're going to wind up having to have a valve replacement. That's where you're headed. You're going to have to have a valve. Or, or, you can exercise your faith instead of doubting it and saying, okay, God. Say, I don't believe that. I don't care what you believe got 64 years of proof. By, I, I've, I've got a woman in my church that is a, an RN. She's a MB, and she's, uh, she's got more degrees than a the thermometer's got. She may even have an LTD. I don't know. She's got all kinds of degrees. And she is in the hospital system, started out just as a nurse and became a charge nurse and then became supervisor floor, And now then she's over, I think, seven hospital systems in her, she, she's, she's somebody, and uh, they she's on the praise team, and they were singing, and I'm, I'm just, I, I don't stay on the platform, I was just walking here, and the Lord spoke to me and said, she's about to pass out, her heart is palpitating, it's lost its rhythm, I looked, and she's pale, and so I just stopped singing, and I called her by name, and I said, your heart is out of rhythm. It's out of rhythm right now. You're fixing to go down. And she knew because she's in that medical field. I said, in Jesus' name, I command the heart. I didn't even touch her. See, that's the miraculous. In Jesus' name, I command the heart to be in syncopation as it's supposed to. You could see it. She told me later it says like somebody just thumped her chest. And you could see the color come back. So everybody shouted and rejoiced. And, and you know, it, it, you say, oh, well, you know, we didn't see that, so we don't know if that was really happening or not. It's kind of like praying for a headache, you know. That's easy stuff because you don't know what's it's happening or not, unless you believe. Yes, and I walked away, and God said, wait a minute, I'm not through. She was being considered for a higher position. And they put her through every kind of test. They did a PET scan. I don't know. And they found a tumor inside her heart. She had not told her husband. She had not told her family. She had just found it out that day. And she was going to talk to me after service and talk with her family. They they consulted seven hospitals across the nation. There was no way they could do surgery. They said, if we do radiation, it will destroy your heart. We don't know what we're going to do. Therefore, they took her out of running. And God said, I'm going to dry that tumor up right now. Yes. Well, now, wait a minute, God. Let's stick with the headaches, okay? That's not quite as bad. So I just, I'm crazy. Y'all are going to find that out. I'm cra- I just believe God. Yes. I, don't, I don't need affirmation from anybody. I believe God. So I called her by name and I said, Oh, by the way, that tumor in your heart is drying up even as I speak, in Jesus' name. She went back to work the next day and said, I want another scan. Focus on my heart. She said, No need to. We got everything. We're sending it to Mayo. We're sending it to Houston. We're sending it. She said, No, no, no. I said, Do you know how much? She said, I don't care. I'll pay for it. They said, Why are you so adamant about this? She said, God healed me last night. And doctors say, Well, you know, it's it's nice that you believe in (laughs) something, but you know, this is this is hard cold facts. This we got it. She said, You do it. They did it. You know what they found? They found about a syringe full of liquid. They said something has melted inside your heart. That tumor is not there. That tumor is not there. Now, can I ask a question? If God has got enough, took you long enough, didn't it? It's okay. We got to smile. You know what? You know why? You know why I make people laugh? Laughter doeth good like a medicine. And you know when you laugh, you loose the restraints on your soul. And that's when I can come back and punch you. So, tell me about rather have your surgery this morning. Or... Well, I mean, it's that simple. You say, oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 it is that simple. I'll ask you, if God is God enough to show it, is he? Now, you have to answer this. I can't answer it for you. Is he God enough to heal you? Going through all the tests and hearing all the stuff they tell you. Do you believe this morning? Do. How about it? Can we get an affirmation of faith? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come into this heart situation. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I command healing. I, I command healing And Lord let it be from inside out and all around The glorious power of your spirit will move in her behalf I speak healing I speak healing in Jesus name Oh my God I just felt like something squeezed my heart just then It just squeezed my heart just then. I believe, sis. I don't think God loves that woman in my church any more than he loves you. I think he loves you just as much as you love. And if he can melt a tumor in a heart and he can put a heart back into rhythm, this ain't no big deal for God. It is for you and me and all the rest of. But this this is just the touch. Just one touch. Just one touch. You see, but we have a hard time understanding it's that easy. See, the drums are not drumming, wherever they are. There they are. The The basses aren't strumming. The guitars aren't doing their thing. The, the keyboards, the organ's not wailing. And nobody's nobody's going all wild and pig crazy. It's just this crazy old man up here talking. And God can't be in that because there's there's nothing happening. Oh, you don't think? God is here. You don't think that there's something happening? I think something happened in her. I think something happened in her. But here's where we are. You have neck problems? Okay. Here's what we expect we want the preacher to get in the preacher's crouch. We want to claw. We want to grab the noise. We want him to slap his hand on. Oh, man, he prayed. Why, yeah. oh, <laughs> did I? Did I really? Why not just simply say, in Jesus' name, yes. be here. There's a man that walked up at the end of service. He was swelled a little bit. He told me, he said, Pastor, he said, my kidneys are failing. They want to put a port in. They want me to start dialysis and get on a kidney transport. He said, but I want God to heal me. So, you know, crazy me. I just said, called him my name and said, be healed in Jesus' name. Turn around and finish listening with the people. do so they left. He come back the next night and he's more swollen. He's getting a little yellow in his eyes, a little jaundice. And he walks down to the front and he said, Pastor, he said, I'm 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 really suffering. Uh, and they're they're pushing me. And I, I, I don't want it. I want to be healed. So I just said, All right, Ed, in Jesus' name, be healed. And I turned around and walked on. So now then the next time his wife gets in on it. You know when Mama gets in on it, and she come down and she said, "Now, brothers," I said, "Don't want to hear." Now he can barely walk, completely yellow, jaundice, swelled, no kidney function for about twelve, fourteen hours, and he said, "Oh, Pastor, I don't know what to do." I said ed be healed in Jesus name and walked off and I heard him say oh oh I get it I get it and all of a sudden the spirit of the lord moved him he ran down to the men's room his kidneys started flowing completely had he lost the swelling the jaundice look what he went back to the head of the renal department at Barnes and they're flipping through, it's a woman, and flipping through her chart said, well, Ed, I see we, we, we've taken good care of you. He said, Doc, you didn't do nothing. You didn't give me any medicine. I haven't got a port. I haven't had any dialysis. You did nothing. She said, well, all I can tell you is your numbers are great. Your kidneys are great. She said, I don't know what happened. He said, I'll tell you what happened. I got a miracle. I got a miracle. I got a miracle. She said, you know, Ed, we don't like to use that terminology. He said, then you tell me what happened. She flipped through the chart and she said, well, I guess you've got a miracle. He said, well, Doc, why don't you just stand up and raise your hands and praise the Lord a little bit. That's what we've got. We've got to believe it. I've got these braces in my life. You don't understand. I believe. You, you, You don't get that. I believe. I've been raised from the dead three times. My daughter was born dead. Born dead. They're working to save my wife's life. They come out, a little Filipino nurse, and said, You've got a baby girl, but she's dead. We've, we've got her just, they just, like a piece of garbage, threw her off to the side, working on my wife. And I, I sat in the corner, stood in the corner of that waiting room. I didn't care who was there. I said, God, you didn't give me a daughter to take her away the very moment that you give her to me. And I want her. I want her. And, and they come back and said, and sang the nurse and said, well, I want you to get your hopes up. But she's breathing. But she won't last 72 hours. She's blind. She's deaf. She has no brain function. If she lives, she's just a lump there. If she were to live past 72 hours, she might live five to seven years. I went back in that corner and I said, God, (laughs) you didn't put life in her for not to live because there's a difference in having life and living. And, and they come back. And that girl today is a full-time college professor. She is a part-time VL with the university. She is a preacher extraordinary. She is a singer. She loves God. And she's the one that when they pronounced me dead and the machine said there was no life, it was her that refused to leave that that place. They tried to put her out. She said, I'm not going anywhere. That's my daddy. And she laid her hands on me. And There was a big Jamaican nurse there. When my daughter began to speak in tongues, uh, the machines come back to life. Uh, That nurse jumped back and said, now that's what I'm talking about. And the surgical nurse went the next night to one of our churches and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you say, I don't believe. I come against the fear. I come against the fear. I speak into this body. I speak into every organ of this body. I speak into the blood of this. You are the answer for and to all things. And by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, from the very top of your head to the sole of your feet. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I have a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm having a severe pain. Oh, it hurts. It, it's the old-timers. Used to say pleurisy. I don't know what it is. All I know is it starts here and it runs all the way around and comes up between my shoulder. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I don't know what that is. The old-timers called it pleurisy. Are you saying that's you? Why are you putting up with it? That's a good question then. So if that's true, then I, I, I'm ta- it hurts. And I'm not talking about that. I, I, I can handle pain. But this hurts. He got to take it away because I'm not going to take none of this home with me. You can take your stuff home, but I'm not taking it home. In the name of Jesus Christ, cleanse this gallbladder. Cleanse this gallbladder. Let the healing touch of the divine power of God. Let it be so in Jesus' name. My God. I keep seeing and hearing autoimmune disease, autoimmune disease. It's like a record broken in my head. It's going autoimmune disease, autoimmune disease, autoimmune disease. Amen. Is that you, sis? Your whole family. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Let me ask you a question. No, no, I'm just asking, okay? Do you have the Holy Spirit? You've been baptized in Jesus' name. And you are you consider yourself a child of God. So, in other words, your daddy's a king, and not just a king, but he's the king of kings. So, what does that make you? Makes you a child of God, or more correctly, a see where I'm going? When I pastor and I'm in my office, no one knows, or everyone rather knows not to come to my office and disturb me. I do not care. Now, if I'm I'm on a schedule and I'm counseling, talking with people, but I have two grandsons. My office was upstairs there and... uh, When they were toddlers and barely able to, they would climb, they'd get away from their parents. (laughs) We have a lot of that in Pentecost. And they'd climb those stairs and they'd scratch at that door because you had to go up steps to get into my office. And I don't care what I was doing or who I was with. I recognized that little scratching at the door. And they'd be there and I'd open that door and all they'd do is lift their hands up. Grab them, one in each arm. I'd take them to the candy jar. Say, "Papa can't visit with you now, but get you some candy, and I'll talk with you later." I never denied them because they were mine. They were mine, and I loved them. And I would have then, and my youngest when he's twenty, and my oldest when he's twenty-three. They're both bigger than I am. I used to pack them. Now they can pack me. But I would do anything for them because they're my Father, this is your daughter. By her confession, I want you to touch her. And not only her, but her entire family. And God, here's what you're telling me to tell her. So I'm just going to say it. God is calling you into a higher dimension of life with him. He is wanting you to come into a place that you have never come. There's still a couple of things that you're hesitant about Doing, and maybe even letting go. But the Spirit of the Lord says today, the very moment that you give it all, you withhold nothing. The very moment you give it all, then I shall reward you. I shall bless you. I shall let my healing flow through you. And you shall stand an intercessor between your family and me. And your prayers will be heard. Yadamah, go no more. Oh, God. My Lord. My Lord. You know what? Here's something else. There, there's others that have had some of these things that have called. But you won't come because somebody come. And and we limit God because we think he, he's only got one healing per service for one particular thing. My God's bigger than that. Yes, he is. He can heal a thousand as easy as he can heal one. And some of you. Some of you have sat back there with some of these same symptoms and problems because somebody else come. Now, tell me. You're not bound by time nor distance. I want the faith of this wife. To rise up in your sight, O Holy Spirit. And the tears that she shed become pearls on the altar that runs before you. And by the authority in the name of Jesus, I speak healing into his body. I speak healing into his body. In Jesus' name. My, yeah, yeah, my husband. Dear God, I believe it. I, I wish somebody would shout out, I believe it. Uh, God, y'all have to help me. Some of you ministering, brother, and help me. Ah, Jesus, I come against every tactic of the enemy. I curse the powers of hell. I bind that spirit, oh God. And I loose the power of healing virtue. God, the reason for signs and wonders and miracles is that souls will be brought into the kingdom of God. So let your glory be established now in Jesus' name. Ah, my God, I feel something. I feel something. I feel something here. Feel something here, oh sis! I felt something. I felt virtue leave here today. I felt it leave here today. Hallelujah! Jesus, Jesus name, Jesus name, Jesus name, Jesus name, Jesus name. Give me your hands, sis. Your body's a wreck. Your body's a wreck. It's ravaged. Do you know who the creator is? Do you know him? What's his name? Uh, she does know him. She does know who he is. How long have you been in the church? Fifty-something years. Can I tell you something? God keeps good records. Oh, yeah, good and bad. And you know something else? God always pays his debt. I bring this mother of Zion to you today. By her testimony she has served you these 50 something years. You open the record book today. You scan through the pages of her life. And God as she has been faithful to you, you shall be faithful to her. In the name of Jesus, the strength The healing, the virtue, into the blood, into the bloodstream, into the organs of the body. Now the great power, the mighty wonder-working power of the Holy Ghost now. Jesus. I see the letter C, the letter C, and I see two numbers, two and three. C, 2, and 3, and I have the most awful pain in my neck. My Lord, I don't know if it's because of an accident or by birth, but somewhere in the vertebrae, in that neck area, and that's why I'm seeing the C, the 2, and the 3, there is something that is not right. There is something that is wrong and and it it hurts it hurts, and particularly if I put my neck in any kind of a bind, uh, pastor, is that you oh my Lord, have mercy, that hurts i got give me just a minute here, Lord, you got to lose this because i can't I can't go with this in Jesus name, Jesus name, this is your shepherd, this is your pastor. I don't know why this is. In him, I don't know what the reason for it is, but by the, by the authority that's in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this infirmity. I command healing power to flow right now, right now from the base upwards. Let the power of the Holy Ghost be made manifest in this life. Jesus, oh, I wish somebody believed. You got. Oh, it's not a time to beg and plead. It's not a time to weep and mourn. It's a time to speak the word. It's a time to believe Him. It's a time to receive it. You've got to expect it. You've got to receive it in Jesus' name. Now I know there's a lot of guests here today, and the reason I know that I, I wouldn't know if he was a guest here or not. 'Cause this this and once more will be twice I've been here. So I don't know you. There's a lot of guests here today, and a lot of our guests